0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. My name is Brie and I am joined by, I'm i am trying not to fangirl too hard, but my friend Samantha is here from Bookstagram. You may know her, uh, but her Instagram is everlastingbookworm and I was immediately obsessed when I found you Samantha. So thank you first and foremost for joining me today. Oh.
1: No, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. First time ever doing this. So I'm nervous and excited.
0: Well, I'm so happy you're here.
1: Tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Um, I feel like I might be the oldest person on Bookstagram sometimes because (laughs) I started way back in 2015. Their Instagram didn't even have an algorithm when I made my account. Uh, And when I tell people that, they're all like, what do you mean no algorithm? Like, yeah, once upon a time, there was no algorithm. And they are shocked. When I say that, Um, and when I started, I was actually a secret romance reader, and all I posted was young adult books. I did read, I did read those, but I never admitted to the amount of romance books I read until I want to say maybe three years ago is when I got really like, okay, not going to lie about it, not going to keep it a secret anymore. I am a romance reader,
0: and I have been since I was. 12 maybe. What okay, so I have to ask about that first. Like what caused <laughs> the shift? What inspired the shift to be like I'm going to talk about this more?
1: Um it was it's I realized as I was reading young adult, I was starting to think every time I finished a book, man, this would have been better if it was adult and more spicier. And when you when you read young adult and you start thinking that, it's kind of like, okay, girl, put the young adult down and just go read adult so as I was reading my more romance more and more and more I was all like I'm not having anything to share on bookstagram if I'm not reading young adult anymore and I'm like okay you know what just be more truthful uh on what you're reading and then there were there were accounts like yours um Brianna Monica um they were oh they've been talking about romance since The beginning of their accounts. I was like, no, they were like my role models. Like they've been honest since day one. It's time for you to be honest too. And I just,
0: I just got tired of lying, I guess. Well, when you started, so back in 2015 is when you started, like what, okay, besides the algorithm, which I find fascinating, I I almost feel like 2015 was probably the best time to have started.
1: (laughs) It was amazing.
0: What did that bookish Space feel like at the time you started. Like, what did it feel like in 2015? Were where? I mean, were people talking about romance there? Was it mostly like classics or literary fiction? Yes. Like, I can totally see that being part of the reason why somebody would be like, oh, "I'm not going to talk about this much" because you don't see it. You know, you don't see too many yes. other people talking about it.
1: It was. Well, first of all, it was an amazing experience back then in 2015 because you. You could wake up, look at your bookshelf, take a quick picture, post it, and it would get 5,000 likes and maybe 500 followers for you. It was that easy back in the day, and that was nice. Um, But it honestly, besides classics, young adult. Young adult was the most popular genre to read in 2015, and and it still is, um, but I feel like adult romance is also really getting up there today as as opposed to 2015 when oof, like you did not want to talk about romance it was yeah. mocked it was ridiculed um you weren't a considered real reader they weren't considered real books uh you just you just did not want to be known as a romance reader even it was so bad to be a romance reader in 2015 that even with how easy it was to gain followers when no algorithm, romance readers' accounts were struggling to grow. Um, that's how little romance was read back then. Um, so it was something you, most of us did want to keep quiet because now that we're reading romance and we're getting more open about it, it's not just me that's admitted. I kept this quiet. I've been a romance reader but I didn't want to share it with anyone because we still do even today with how popular it's getting we still get those comments romance books isn't real reading
0: well I know you had your like personal moment of like I'm going to start talking about this more but as someone who's like been in that space since 2015 do you remember where you felt like okay the bookish space itself is shifting and other genres are becoming people are becoming more comfortable with talking about them?
1: Oh, you know, I want to say 2020, I, 2020 was a huge shift in a lot of regards for bookstagram. Um, I think everyone was just being more honest in general, more honest and not accepting any bigotry anymore, any racism anymore. Like everyone wanted to be fair in, and everything. And I honestly think that was 2020 that we saw a huge shift in everything uh, and most uh, romance in romance too. Maybe
0: it was sooner. I feel like that sounds about right, which is so yeah. interesting because like, at that point you had been doing it for five years. Yes. <laughs> yes. Five years for it to feel like that.
1: Very long time. And, and people that were like my best friend's in 2015, like they're, they're not even around anymore. So sometimes I do look at myself and I'm like, what are you still doing here?
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's like when I, before I even knew what Instagram was, like I was heavy into YouTube and it's it's mm. kind of the same thing. Like yes. young adult was always like king on YouTube. Like ev- the, the big YouTubers talked about young adult. And then when you look back, I was like, wow, I, I discovered this in like 2014. And so many people that I was like obsessed with when I first found it aren't making content anymore <laughs> right they are and i'll i'll their names will all of a sudden just pop into my head
1: and i'm like oh you know what let me go check on it. and they haven't posted since 2018 2019 and i'm like oh my gosh but i remember you and you were so popular and i loved you and and then yeah i take a look at inside and i'm like what are you still doing here and how are you still trucking along <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, okay. So that was kind of my next question. So like what inspires you or motivates you to keep creating content?
1: I'm not going to lie. I struggle daily and I have to tell myself daily to ignore it because I know it's not about the numbers. I know everyone says this, but it does get discouraging, especially when I got all the way up to 125K followers and since summer of 2020 i just lose i lose oh, i'm insane. down to, yeah <laughs> i'm down to 108k followers now and and i'm still losing i'm still losing
0: um i should losing be hit- more than we gain which is oh yeah Insane. yeah
1: yeah i should be down to 107 probably by the time this podcast is posts um so that alone has me like What are you still, why, why are you still doing this? But ultimately what it comes down to is, is the books. It's pure and simple. It's the books because I tell myself all the time, just quit, just quit. But I can't, I can't. I love sharing the books I read. Even if it's the same hundred people that are liking and commenting on my posts, that's still my husband put it into perspective for me one day when I was feeling really down and he said, um, that's a hundred people that you don't know in your real life, but that you're still reaching through social media. Like how many people can say they have even as little as a hundred people looking at liking and knowing you just recommended a book and people who aren't pop or don't even have a social media account can't say that. So yeah, even if it's just 100 people, that's 100 people I wouldn't have been able to reach any other right, way. Uh,
0: yeah. Shout out to husband.
1: <laughs> right? So I was all like, so I tell myself that too daily because I feel bad almost daily. Um, you know what? I just reached 100, 200, whatever it is, even if it's 50. Do you know 50 people outside of social media that you could recommend a book to?
0: absolutely not
1: (laughs) exactly so even if it's just because I know I don't I maybe need no like 10 people um not counting family that so yeah just you got to put it in a different perspective if you want to keep going in this very brutal world of Instagram's algorithm because it's rough because I do I do see I can't book till dawn um She's amazing. She is amazing. I think she said she started her account a year, year and a half ago, and she recently hit 100k. She's an amazing bookstagram social media manager. Oh my gosh, like and she's just exploding and I like I really look up to her. I really admire the work she's been putting into it. And if you want to succeed on Instagram, I feel like that's what you have to do. You have to it has to be like a job for you. And this is that's another thing. This is not a job for me in any way, shape, or form. I don't get paid. I can tell you – I can count on one hand the amount of times I've gotten actual money since the day I started my account. So don't be fooled about accounts with a large following. Um,
0: They're still doing a lot. Most yes, of the work for free. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, we are doing it. For books I'm still promoting, it's for free. I don't get paid at all. I know – that there are accounts even smaller than mine, accounts with like 10K, 15K, even 5K, and they are getting paid. This has never been a job for me. If I were to lose my social media account today, I would still be fine. Um, I would be sad because I put a lot of work into it, but this is not my source of income. So I think that also helps me um, to just, whatever, just keep going, because this is pure and simple, a hobby for me just something i like doing, something to kill the time, and it does that does make it
0: easier to post cuz i i do know a lot of people do this for an income. I remember i think we were both down at the same time and you just so happened to like make a story about it and i think it was i i think reels maybe had become a thing mm, yeah. and were a thing for like 6 or 7 months or something. Like it wasn't brand new, but it was still kind of fresh. Um and it, it's It's sad and interesting because so many of us like have been in that space, like reviewing and and recommending books. But then you're also at the mercy of the platform that you're using. And Instagram, I think they forgot that they like are a photo app. And I think that's what makes them special. There aren't many photo apps out there especially like Instagram. And so like we were chatting, like, I just don't know what to do anymore. Like, I don't want to sit around and do reels all day. <laughs> like, do you feel like reels kind of caused a shift in things?
1: When reels first came out, I want to say yes. Um, I I don't even want to say it's reels. I just want to say it's been the algorithm from day algorithm. one. Yeah. And I, I feel like Instagram's algorithm is more brutal than any other social media out there. I don't even think YouTube's algorithm is this brutal book talk or book talk, <laughs> TikTok. Um, I just, I don't know what it is about Insta- Instagram in particular that makes it so hard, but I really do think it it's harder to grow on this app than, than any other social media platform. It's harder to get discovered, And I don't want to blame it just on Reels. I want to blame it on them doing too much. They're doing too much. And you have to put stories up. You have to put posts up, not just any posts. They got to be carousel posts. Make sure you use um, some type of graphics on it. A lot of people are using Canva now to to add more editing to their their photos. You got to do Reels. You got to do live chats, um, videos. It's too much. And I'm not really sure how people are managing it because then they also tell you, make sure you're using all our features and, (laughs) you know, you got to pin comments, like comments, share the stories. And it's just like I'm I feel like Instagram is like the brand new luxury car you get where it has all these new buttons and gadgets and you'll go years driving your brand new luxury car and still not use every feature because you don't even know about it.
0: Right. Yeah. That's Instagram. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm positive there are features and things I could do on there that I don't even know about because there's too much.
0: Oh, yeah. Remember like a couple of years ago, they came out with that like list option and I'm like, I never use this anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or even on, on uh, what is it called? The little notes you can do and you can read them if you fa- follow each other when you go into yeah. your dms like i don't even know what that's called you could do like little highlight notes or i don't know what is that even
0: called do you know what i, I don't it... know
1: <laughs> it's another feature yeah. yes <laughs> but you got to make sure you got put one of those up daily like some i think you only get like a 60 count word type like it's su- mm. super short and i'm just all like oh my gosh. Oh, and don't forget there's like shopping you can do on there. They did like a shopping tab now on their app and which I never use.
0: Never. Yeah, never. I <laughs> am is not never.
1: No, I am never on there. And so I'm just like, it's too much. And I don't know how everyone keeps
0: up with it. And I don't know. Well, a friend of mine, something that you said um, a little bit ago, like, it's not a full time job, right? Like a friend of mine did a like her own personal project one day, I think there was like a a post that was like, I don't know, you're supposed to, they technically want you to post like seven times a day, right, to like try to beat the algorithm. So she did. I think she did like maybe three actual posts on her, her actual feed and then like, a lot in the stories and she did she was like guys it actually worked like she was growing really quickly she's like but who wants to sustain like it's not sustainable like who wants to do that much every day and I was like definitely not
1: (laughs) definitely not I'm sorry wait
0: but wouldn't people get sick of you posting three times a day that's what I would think that's why I was like I'm never gonna do that (laughs) never gonna do it And what do you
1: even post three times a day? My life is not that interesting, and I do not read
0: that much. That much, exactly.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. And because then I also, what gets me about social media and kind of drives me wild is all these various social media managers.
0: And they're telling you more and more of those.
1: Oh, my gosh. And they're telling you to do this. They're telling you to do that and this and that. And and one like, don't use hashtags. Hashtags are useless. The other ones like Instagram gives you 30 hashtags for a reason. Use all 30. And it's like, which one of you is telling the truth? Which one of you is lying? Or maybe (laughs) both of you are just talking out of your butt and neither one of you know what you're doing. You just want people to hire you.
0: And then it's like, um, they want less edited photos. And
1: it's just a lot. (laughs) Yes. And I'm just like, what do I do? What do I do? And because then, yes, you have one telling you post every day, three times a day. But then you have the other ones like, you don't have to do that. I just post once a week. And it's just like, okay, again, what do I do? You were both no help whatsoever. But I have. I've. I've never, ever posted multiple times a day. I used to post once a day, every day, even on the weekends. And I do feel like that's when I got my best engagement because now I went – now I post just Monday through Friday and I take weekends off and sometimes I miss a day. So I'll only post maybe three, four times a week and I struggle. I've I've been struggling.
0: (laughs) Well, are you like planning out the content or is it – literally getting up and being like okay I'm gonna post today but I need to figure out what I'm gonna post
1: it honestly it varies um you know 2015 yeah I would get up take a picture post it didn't even think about it now because I do a lot of features for different publishers um those are planned out um and then I know I know Instagram as a whole likes those like I don't even know what kind of posts you would call them, but right now mine is you want to know a secret. And I usually have it like book theme. Like um, my recent three was Bookstagram making me buy a book. Um, I have no interest in in reading Daisy Jones and the Six. (laughs) Um, Like little things like that. I don't know what, what you would call those types of posts, but like a regular posts that you do all the time gives your audience something to look forward to and then you get known for that particular thing that you're always posting about i know instagram for sure loves things like that so i've been trying to post more of those but i only post you want to know a secret every other week well i've been alternating between that and fresh fresh flowers friday
0: Mm, yeah
1: uh i've been trying to do those two things weekly um, and I just started that. so I'll have to get back to you on how that oh, okay. goes. Yes <laughs> um because I am I I try I'm trying to play the game too. Um it's not easy and it's hard to find your thing that you want to be known for. And I used to have a pink theme like I would always every single picture had a vase of pink roses. And I kept that up for like a year, maybe even a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was once known for. And then I stopped. And I kind of
0: regret stopping that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like one of the things that I immediately loved about your account is I feel like any bookish space that you're in, maybe not so much TikTok, but like YouTube, Instagram, they – can make you feel like you have to pick a lane, right? And so it's like, if you are talking about books, they only want you to talk about books. But then I saw your account and I was like, hers feels very lifestyle and books. And I'm like, and she makes both of them work so flawlessly together. So like, talk about like the the creation of your aesthetic. Was it really just like, I'm home and I'm going to take pictures of books at home? (laughs) Like how, because it's so smart and so simple. But so smart. (laughs) You know,
1: I'm a homebody. Uh, I'm a cancer. And people are like, oh, my sign, that's not really. No. No, I'm a cancer through and through. I am a homebody. I am the mother figure. I am a great listener. Um, And so when we bought our house and I knew, okay, this is it. This is where we're staying. I put my all into this house and I and mostly my bedroom because I love being home this is where I feel safe this is where I rest and recuperate um, and so it just felt natural for me to post my my bedroom and my books because it's what I love the most and to me they just they just go hand in hand. I have little reading spots everywhere so it's just all like it just felt natural like here's a reading spot why not share it my couch my bed the chair I have in the corner it was all just it just made sense to me and for anyone because we we usually have more than one interest usually more than one thing we love and if you incorporate what you love it really does just show in the photos It, it might sound silly and like a cliche, even like, just post what you love. But no, when you do that, people, it kind of like comes out in the photo. Um, And people tend to resonate with that.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like with all your your pictures, whether it's like a bookshelf photo or whatever, it's just like, I don't know this like advocacy of like, it's okay to be cozy. It's okay to enjoy your space. And like, do the things that you'd love to do in your space.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like, 100%. Just make it your own, whatever it is. I know some people, um, you know, like the more gothic, dark, or even witchy vibes. Like, whatever it is, you want candles, you want black curtains, you want lace curtains, you want throw blankets, whatever it is, whatever your vibe is, put more of it in your space and and own it and love it and share it with us because I promise you there's someone out there who will be able to relate with that and love it
0: yeah okay so let's talk romance like tell me your actual romance origin story like obviously you were reading it (laughs) but you weren't sharing it for a while yes you had always been reading it so tell me how you came to like love the genre
1: Oh boy. Okay, so I've actually been a reader since I was seven years old. I always saw my mom reading. My mom was a huge avid reader, and so I actually started with Goosebumps books. Me too. Me too. (laughs) Yes. I so I was like a horror reader back in the day. (laughs) Um. So I read Goosebumps. Um. Oh, and then I became obsessed with Little House on the Prairie um oh goodness oh Sweet Valley High I read that series in high school but what where I really started becoming a romance reader I want to say 12 13 I would sneak into my mom's room and take the books that she was reading and leaving on her nightstand and they were historical romance books
0: Oh, my
1: um, gosh. Yeah, like the old school historical romance novels written in the, like, 60s, 70s, 80s. Like, romance books that you have to go to a used bookstore
0: just to find yeah. now. <laughs> you know, I think they were, they're were they called Bodice Rippers. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love yes. this for mom. I love it yes. for her. Okay. <laughs>
1: Yes. So I was sneaking those at like 12, 13, just like grabbing them off her nightstand, going to my room, devouring it uh, and then putting it back. And she never noticed. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't know, 18, 19 when I told her I was doing this. And she's like, what? You were taking my romance? With-? I was like, yeah, mom,
0: for like years. And then- <laughs> Uh, and then my dad would totally tell her what her book was about. Like, oh, yeah, that, yes. that book, this happened. <laughs> yes.
1: And my dad would take me to the library. We I lived at the library as a little girl. We didn't have much money growing up. So we never bought books. But my dad made sure to always, always take me to the library. And I was bringing home historical romance. The bodice refers like stacks of them and I don't know my parents never noticed I guess I don't know um but yeah that's how it started I was a huge historical romance reader oh gosh Joanna Lindsay or is it Lindsay gosh I can't even remember their name Catherine Coulter um just the the old school romance authors I was devouring them loving them you know they could honestly probably be considered dark romance these days i had no idea what dark romance was at the time but it was very a uh, very aggressive uh heroines um sometimes triggering some some of them did have triggering scenes and i loved
0: it i'm sorry to say but i loved it do you remember like what it was about them at that age that you were like okay i just finished one of these and I'm ready to read another one. Like what was it about it that you loved? You know, a
1: lot of people assume us romance readers just love and obsess over the sex scenes. Some, honestly, sometimes I skip over those. And for me at the time, these are historical romance novels set in like the 1800s. I was obsessed with the balls and the ball gowns and the way they had to dress and the titles, the the dukes and the barons and the king, the queen. Like I was just obsessed with that time frame or even sometimes I'd read a historical Highlander book and just that Scottish setting always sounded so magical it just felt it was the magic of it all being so far back in history and
0: it's like an adventure yeah an adventure
1: adventure with some romance in it and, and the guy chasing after the girl or just you know their their struggles and and making sure they get together. I don't know. I just love romance in any way shape or form. I don't care. I just want to see people falling in love. I want to see it, I want to read it, I want to hear about it. Even people in real life. You got you got a good little how you and your person hooked up. I want to hear. I want to be happy for you cuz I just love romance. I think uh I get giddy for people. I get giddy for them just to hear how much they've fallen for someone.
0: So, like, tell me what romance era you're in at the moment. Like, is it a dark romance era, fantasy? Like, what is your era?
1: Oh, dark romance. And I've been in that era for, like, years now. I don't see myself getting out of dark romance. I don't know. Maybe because I've read so much, like, contemporary. Because I... I'm your all around romance reader. I read it all. Historical, contemporary, paranormal, fantasy, whatever. If it has I'll read a thriller. If it has romance in it, I'll read a mystery. I'll read a sci-fi. I don't care as long as there's romance in it, I will read it. But I always go back to dark romance. Always. That is my that's my rider die right there is dark romance.
0: I will never leave it. I love it. Uh it's a Do you think it's, it's like it goes back to your like sneaking the historical romance roots? <laughs> you know, as I was
1: as I was talking about it and I was thinking of all those triggering bodice rivers, I was all like, Oh, is that where this came from?
0: <laughs> for anybody that's listening that hasn't read a dark romance like give us the need to knows because it is a huge huge subgenre of romance that's yes. talked about a lot but I think a lot of there are still a lot of readers that are hesitant because it is so huge there is so much give us the deets like what's the need to knows with it
1: Okay, I am so glad you asked because I see so many people getting into the dark romance subgenre and you get one or two people, you either get those who are like freaking out and telling us we all need therapy and what's wrong with you and your feminism card is revoked and then you get others that are like, "Oh my god, this is amazing. I can't believe I just found it." And so dark romance books should never ever be taken lightly and I have to say that first and foremost, because people have so many the wrong concepts of dark romance, and it's frustrating to see. Sometimes I think dark romance should be called something else, because I know a lot of people make the mistake of thinking dark romance is like, you're going to get gothic vibes, the dark academia vibes. Um, That's not dark romance when we talk about dark romance we're talking about it being triggering it will it should come with content warnings that it should be on goodreads the content warnings it should be on the author's website uh and that's like that right there if it has content warnings it's triggering that's your dark romance and there'll be things um substance abuse um suicide I hate to say it, but the biggest one is rape, non-consent, uh, gosh, listing this, yes, yes, this, I'm like, gosh, maybe I do need therapy, which I do. I do have a therapist, and I've told her about the books I read, so we do. We have a field day talking about them. Um, yeah, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I read this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And people do get concerned when you list all these content warnings, but uh, I don't know how personal <laughs> I want to get, but <laughs>
0: like, as what, triggering... is it, what does it feel like? Like when you read a good one, what, like, you, okay, you just finished, say you just finished one and you rated it five stars. Like what did it deliver? Uh,
1: emotion mm-hmm. that, you just you won't get anywhere else you are angry you are sad you are disgusted but at the same time you feel strong and hopeful and you're rooting for the hero and the 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 heroine and you're just like yes because the the dark usually doesn't come from the hero sometimes it does sometimes it does Um, but usually it's the hero that's doing the, the rescuing and the, and that's another thing. I think people get confused with dark romance and erotica and you get a lot of, in the dark romance, you get the erotica in it because the hero, the sex scenes with him are intense and there's a lot of dom sub and the choking and the hair pulling and the spanking um, sex scenes like that doesn't make it dark romance. It makes it more erotica. The dark romance, as I said, comes from its triggers.
0: The triggers, um, okay. Yes,
1: yes. And I think that's another thing a lot of people get mixed up. Um, does it hurt by H.D. Carlton? I would say is both a dark romance and an erotica because the sex scenes between the two main characters are good they're spicy <laughs> you read it I have you read that one
0: I haven't read it no I'm oh. I'm still like a, a dark romance newbie so I have a lot oh, of have okay do. okay does this sound like something you would want to read yeah I'm I'm really interested I'm just like I need to figure out what works for me and what doesn't. But like you said, like, I think that's where like the content warnings are going to help because you can look at it and say, okay, no, I'm not really into bullying or I'm not really into kidnapping, but I am willing to give this a try.
1: Oh my gosh. I'm actually glad you brought that up because I have a friend, um, Natasha, she just got into dark romance and she started with one, oh, I want to say it was a kidnapping and that was not her thing. She's like, oh, no, I don't like the kidnapping. But there's fantasy dark romances. Um, and she's loving those. She's devouring those. Um, and so I even. Know the- there was
0: a fantasy dark romance. Yes. Okay? <laughs>
1: okay. There's one called A King So Cold. Oh, okay. my gosh. Who's the author? Oh,
0: I'm, I'm writing it down and I'll put it in the show notes. It's fine.
1: <laughs> okay. A King So Cold. Oh. By Ella Fil- Fields.
0: Ella Fields, okay.
1: It, that one opening, that first page, first chapter is like, I was like, oh, oh, okay, I'm gonna keep reading this one. <laughs> um, it is triggering the the. Um, I think there's a bit of a physical abuse. Might be some sexual harassment if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so that's what makes it dark. But mm-hmm. the hero in that book, oh my gosh, she's, I don't know, are you allowed to say bad words? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, she's a badass, okay? She's, and and that's usually what you get in dark romance too, are these women who are badasses. And, and as a woman who was sexually harassed in the past, many, many years ago, so I don't like to talk about it, But, um, that's why I love dark romance because I could read these books with these badass women and just feel empowered and empowered. Yeah. Yes. And so many people fail to recognize that when they read dark romance and start telling us what's wrong with you. You should get your feminine, feminism card revoked. You need therapy. It's like, I have a therapist. Thank you very much. and that's why, like, my therapist encourages me to keep reading dark romance. Um, there's another one called Stolen by Jay Marie. It's a series that ha- it hasn't been finished, but it's still worth the read. It, it's probably the most brutal dark romance I've ever read, though. Um, the male main character, it's... I don't even want to call it a romance. It's not a romance because he does abduct her and the things he does to her is extremely hard to read, but the romance comes. Well, f- I don't want to give it away, but the romance does come. She just hasn't finished the series yet. And she's a trained fighter. He's, he's a trained fighter, but so is she. So Reading the fights they get into, which is really hard to read because it's blow for blow with each of them. He's not lenient, but neither is she. And reading her being a trained fighter and still giving it back just as hard, I'm like, yes, yes.
0: Yeah. It's it's a fantasy. It's just a different kind of fantasy. I think for so many women, we all have our war stories, you know, and and our 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 history. Mm -hmm. It's like it's it's kind of like reading a lot of Harlequin presents, there's a lot of like virgin heroines and it's like the fantasy of getting to relive your first time all over again I feel like just from like listening to you speak it's like dark romance is kind of like the fantasy of getting to relive that moment in your past where somebody really pissed you off and you were powerless
1: yes exactly and and a lot of people feel To realize that so when they ridicule romance, dark romance, not on the story, like give it one story, one star because you didn't like the story or you didn't like the writing, that's fine. But giving it one star because you think the majority of us who read it are something's wrong with us, like that's unfair to lump us all into this one. Like isn't that what we're trying to change in everything? Is not to lump people into one category, but, but that's what you're doing to us dark romance readers. And and I get really frustrated and and passionate about it when when you do that cuz it's like we're all reading it for so many different reasons and and many of those reasons are personal to us and we Aren't comfortable sharing that, and we should never feel like we have to share it, and we shouldn't have to feel like validating our reasons for reading this particular subgenre. So when I first found dark romance, I was I was super excited, and now I'm kind of like, okay, stop getting popular. (laughs) (laughs) They're gonna start banning dark romance and forbidding (laughs) dark romance authors from writing it. So keep it down, guys. (laughs)
0: Like keep it down. So, with that being your like your go-to subgenre, like, what is the world? What does romance feel like for you as like a reader and, and a bookish influencer, and you know somebody that pays attention to like what people are reading? Like, what does it feel like in this moment for you?
1: You know, I'm I'm loving it, um, even though I'm I'm kind of scared about dark romance. Becoming so popular, I'm also I'm just loving it. I'm loving seeing how popular romance is getting. I went to Barnes and Noble in Irvine the other day because depending on the Barnes and Noble, their romance section is either like one shelf, uh, or sometimes at the better Barnes and Noble, you get a whole wall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It was amazing. The one I went to yesterday. Not only did we get a whole wall, but it was it was a two story Barnes and Noble, and upstairs around the perimeter of the escalator was just tables of romance books. I love and that. Then, oh, Yes, <laughs> I was like in. I was like, oh my god. I'm trying not to spend a lot on books right now. Horrible timing because I walked into that Barnes and Noble. I was like, I don't have the money for all the books I want here. <laughs> Uh, it was amazing. So I'm I'm loving how popular it's finally getting. Yes, we still get the naysayers. We still get the ones saying, this isn't real reading. But, you know, it's getting easier to ignore it. Whereas back in 2015, the that seemed to be the loudest voice was saying romance wasn't real reading. Now it's being dimmed by how popular romance is now. And it's all like, about time we finally get our glory day about time the romance genre is becoming popular and people are just admitting this is what I love this is what I want to read I'm here for it and honestly I hope it doesn't go away because romance is it's not just about the sex scenes I know everyone's like uh, the sex the sex you know there's closed door romance or they like to call it clean romance and it's just like it, there's romance in so many forms that it doesn't have to be about the sex it doesn't have to be dark romance there's like i there's wartime romance fantasy romance i'm sure i haven't found them yet i hope i do but i'm sure there's mystery and thriller romances i would love to read those if they're out there yeah just give me romance I just I want to be happy for people I want to get that giddy feeling I want that oh my god you know where you have to like close the book and put it down and be like oh my god I can't believe I just read that you know I love that feeling and romance provides that for you and it's just ah it's a good feeling and I love it and I love being happy for people we have too much going on in our lives we have too much going on in the world that Sometimes you just need that book that makes you feel warm and giddy inside. And for me, I think that's that's romance.
0: Well, before we started recording, we chatted a little bit about Colleen Hoover. Do you feel like she's <laughs> kind of like a gateway drug? Because when she has a new book out, yeah. Barnes & Noble is crazy. And I love seeing all these like college age women, like these young women that are like there, like they are showing up for her books. And I'm like, this is like the new generation of romance. I just feel yes. like a lot of, you know, yeah. I've pulled a couple aside and they're like, yeah, I, I was not reading romance before. It also, I like, I've seen parents in there buying her books for their, like, 14-year-olds at home. Like, yeah. I'm like, yes. do you need help? And they're like, yeah, we're looking for this Colleen Hoover title. And I'm like, oh, I got you. Like, follow me. So do you feel like she's, like, one of the gateway drugs, like Colleen Hoover?
1: Oh, for sure. 100%. I... There's a lot of controversy around her books because they are marketed towards young adults, which I do think they should not be. None of her books are for, you know what, I don't, but see, this is why I hate putting the age limits on books because I was reading Bodice Rippers at 12 years old and I'm you were. <laughs> fine, you know, I'm perfectly fine. So I hate putting an age limit on any book because it's not about your age. It's about, your maturity level and how you interpret the books because reading is a personal experience for everyone and it's all dependent on your own personal background. So I shouldn't say if that 14 year old wants to read Colleen Hoover by all means, but I just hope they go in there with, I I don't even know, I might get hate for even saying that because if you read something like It Ends With Us where it is centered around uh, an abusive marriage, uh, domestic violence—it is worrying for a, yeah. a a younger teen to be reading that. But at the same time, what if they're experiencing that in their own home with their with their parents?
0: Yeah. And And there's so many bookish influencers too. Like you could finish the book as a 14 year old and mm -hmm. maybe finding a bookstagrammer or or someone on YouTube that's talking about it can help a lot of what you read make sense. And it's like, oh, okay. So I felt that this was wrong. And this person is saying it's wrong. And like, it Mm -hmm. makes sense. So exactly,
1: exactly. And to put an age limit on it or to say, no, they shouldn't read it. They shouldn't read it or they should. It's, it's like, we don't know anyone's personal background. We don't know their personal business. So, let, let them make that decision for yeah. themselves. And, but yes, I think Colleen Hoover is 100% the gateway and, and let them read it. I remember when 50 shades was getting super popular and the hate and the ridicule it was getting, but you know what, what was more important is it was getting people to read. Isn't that what we're, what we're trying to do? We don't yes. want to lose books. We don't want to lose publishing houses. And so, whatever it is, what to an extent, obviously, we don't want to read racist books. Um, you know those books, but if it's rom, if it's something as simple as romance, let them read it. Them read if it's it, a yeah. comic book,
0: let them read it. Is it's, it's and I not? Think we have to give young people more credit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do. More
1: they really do. We don't give them enough credit. I've been loving, I go to Barnes and Noble on the weekends and oh my goodness, so many teenagers and younger teenagers at that are flooding Barnes and Noble. I don't know if they're reading the books. I hope they are. But hey, at least you're buying them because they need to be
0: bought. Um, yeah, it's so fun to see. I love, I, Oh my gosh, I feel so like good. when I started reading romance, it was always like me and like, 50, 60 something year old ladies and I'd stop yes. and I'd be like, "What are you reading?" and they'd be like, "Oh, I love paranormals. You know, but now you go in there and you're like seeing these teenage girls and I'm like, "This mm-hmm. is how we keep it going right here." <laughs> exactly. And I get so excited to see
1: this younger generation because I'm I'm 37.
0: <laughs> yeah. 37
1: yeah. been around Bookstagram years and years and it's easy to look at this young, younger generation coming in and getting I'm not jealous but maybe a little bitter but no I get I get excited and I want to walk up to them and be like oh can I recommend you books but at the same time I don't want them to be like "Who, who's this old lady trying to recommend me books <laughs> so I stay quiet <laughs> Like, why is my mom coming to recommend me a book? It's like, because I got good ones for you. That's why. Right, right, If you want the
0: deuce, I'm your girl. Right?
1: Yes. But, you know, I don't want to embarrass myself. So I was just like, I'll just stay quiet.
0: So what recommendations do you have for us today?
1: I have a list and you approached me what two weeks ago Mm -hmm. and it took me two weeks to come up with a list because I just ah (laughs) there's too many good ones out there so I I tried to pick the best or who I think the best of the best is and like I said I am um an all-around romance reader so I have a bit of contemporary dark romance um so Carrie Lake Master of Salt and Bones I read that, I want to say, in 2021, and it was my favorite book of that year. And I still think about it to this day because it was a dark romance, but it also had the dark academia, gothic vibes to it. And it was amazing. Like they're in a school, in a castle high up in the hills, and it was just, you know, graveyards
0: and. Oh, I need this.
1: <laughs> piano playing and a mystery and just, it was amazing. It was a good one. Um, okay. Not too heavy on the dark romance though. So if you haven't read a dark romance book, I would, I'd try that one for sure. An author I think is underrated on Bookstagram is Brittany Cherry. I oh, don't
0: love her. She is <gasps> so sweet.
1: And she's yeah. amazing. And I don't know why I don't see enough of her books. She's an author where I've read so many of her books. I'll pick my favorite, but just read all of them. Because I have not hated a single one of her books. Um, my favorite is The Air He Breathes. And oh, then her mm-hmm. her latest release is The Coldest Winter. And I cried reading that one. Actually, I... <laughs> I think i've cried reading all her books
0: let to say Brittany cherry she she brings the tears on yes okay she yes. aims for that i feel like
1: <laughs> yes and i don't know why more people aren't reading her on bookstagram i'll see her book pop out every now and then on someone's um feed but nowhere near enough like she's not getting enough love and i hope one day she explodes because ah. Uh, her books are amazing. Um, and of course, Kennedy Ryan, she is a popular one. Her books are amazing. I love Long Shot. That is another um, domestic violence book. But when the hero comes into her life, it is, oh, oh, I cried, Girl. I swooned. <laughs> my,
0: my experience with Long Shot, like my friend went to a signing and actually got Kennedy to sign the books for me. And oh, so I had the physical amazing. copy and I was like, I need, the, I needed it on audio. Because I was like, and I had heard people talk about this book. So I knew what I was going into. And I was like, I am going to sit here with this book on audio. And I am not going to stop reading it until I'm done. Because if I sit it down, I may not pick it back up. Because I knew the trigger warnings. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was oh god a hurtful experience but yes. so beautiful in the like it was yes. I had I had a physical reaction to that book unlike any other book I've ever read like I could feel the belt on my wrist <laughs> from a certain scene in that book yes. and I'm like how are you doing this to me Kennedy it's so it, good and it right it's like it's so
1: brutal but at the same time you're like but I love it <laughs> Anyway, yes, she's another author where read anything she writes. My favorite is Long Shot, but just read anything. You can't go wrong with her. Um, Helen Huang, also, she has three books out. Um, again, my favorite by her, she has The Kiss Quotient, The Bride Test, and The Heart Principle. I've read all three. They're all amazing. My favorite, though, is still The Kiss Quotient.
0: I love that love book. Oh, oh.
1: so good (laughs) so good um my favorite author for those spicy scenes where oh my goodness oh i have to approach my husband after i read her books is sierra simone
0: yes i mean i feel like sierra simone her fans are like a cult (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i feel like she's one of those authors who does not get it, the respect she deserves
1: right like most of the authors i have listed i'm like they well no helen Huynh gets pretty good popularity um but yes like <sighs> sierra simone i'm going to a good book convention in august in la and she will be there and i'm going with my sister and i told my sister we are stopping at her table first and foremost, and I may stop there a few more times after because I love her. Ah uh, I can't an, another author read anything, read anything. My favorite is um the American Queen chill trilogy. Have you
0: read that one? I haven't read that one yet. Oh have you read Priest? I love Priest. Oh, okay I know a lot of people don't but i love tyler, uh, tyler. i love
1: priest was my first book by her and it had me blushing and it had me like "Ooh, should i ever walk into a church again i don't know <laughs> um but her american queen trilogy it's a love triangle done right and it is steamy i can't even call it it's more of like a polyamorous relationship and those scenes. Oh, and she has another one, Training, the Training of Ivy.
0: Oh, one of the, it's like almost like an historical. She did like yes. an historical series. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, I can't remember if there's a last name at the end of Ivy, but it's the Training of Ivy's. I don't know. But that one. Oh, I think that's another trilogy too. And the scenes in that, like you guys want to talk about Spice and this is why I don't trust Book Talks. I don't even think they know the definition of spice. But you guys want spice, read
0: Sierra Simone. Sierra Simone. I remember finishing A Lesson in Thorns, and I was like in a haze. I was like, <laughs> I, I can't think anything. It was so beautiful. And again, like you said, it's so tough sometimes to say dark because it was just like really atmospheric and dark yes. and almost gothic-ish and so sexy. I was just like, she's such, yes. she's so brilliant. <laughs> and
1: that's why I think dark romance needs, I don't know what we would call it, but I think it needs, because right, you, you say dark and people think goth, dark academia mm-hmm. type vibes and you wouldn't be wrong. But yeah, okay. Don't mean to go off on that tangent, but it needs a <laughs> new name, I think. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Uh, so my dark romance author, who I love, and she's brutal. I don't recommend these. I recommend them because they're so good, but I don't recommend them lightly. So always look up content warnings for Tilly Cole. Okay. Amazing author. Oh, she does dark romance, right? But they are um, – I love her motorcycle romance series, The Hades Hangmen. And then she has another one. Uh, it's called Raphael. It, it's not part of the Hades Hangman. Um, Raphael by Tilly Cole. Oh, and then another one called Sick Fucks, also by Tilly. Uh, just, just Tilly Cole in general. Uh, if you're brand new to dark romance, I wouldn't really recommend her because they are hard to read. Like really hard. Okay. Yeah, extremely triggering. A lot of abuse. A lot of, a lot of physical abuse, sexual abuse um sexual abuse even as some of them were children um but so good oh i know so hard to say i don't know how i do it <laughs> like talking to talking to someone about dark romance i don't know how yeah i guess i do get it, fiction, it when they see
0: something it's wrong. fiction yes
1: yes and that's why i think maybe when we read books because we love books and we're so passionate about them, we start thinking they're real. I'm telling you, I sometimes think Katniss and Peeta are real. No joke. My husband will look at me like, why are you talking to them? Like if Kat- talking about them like Katniss and Peeta are real? Because to me, they are, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I get getting really upset about us reading Dark Romance because we, yeah, sometimes we start thinking it's real. Um, but it, thankfully, it's not it's not real these stories I hope didn't really happen um and it's therapeutic for me dark romance is therapeutic and Tilly Cole is an amazing author so so those are my six authors that um I recommend and I hope people try especially Brittany Cherry like she needs to get blown up
0: she does she's like She captures the emotional side of like falling in love. Oh, she's so good.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's that emotional side of her books where you're, gosh, you feel the hurt and you're hurting for these characters, but then you get all excited when they have someone. And she's good. And I need to see more of her books on Bookstagram. Yeah,
0: it's almost like her books will make you, they'll take you back to like teenage years where like, Ev- yes, you felt everything, and everything felt so serious and definite and permanent. Like that's the feel of her books. Yes, <laughs> it's like that yes. nostalgia for like love at that age or something. And it's not even young adult, but like that's how her books feel. Like yes, that just really intense emotion in, you know, with love. It's so good.
1: And some, a lot of them have to deal with um some pretty serious topics too. So, like you get that even extra layer of emotion because of it
0: well before I let you go I have to ask what is going on like you also have a planner page oh, on Instagram, yes. which I, I love it definitely inspired me to like step my planner game up um talk about talk about that too because I think a lot of readers are also like um office supply lovers yes, <laughs> love planners. We, yes.
1: we love our stationery as well uh yeah books kind of go along with with planners um little inkling's design has a reading planner and i started with that and then i don't know i just i love notebooks i love pins so one day i went venturing out there and just looked up planner community and what do you know there was a whole whole new world out there but because it it was too different because Instagram does make you niche down I made a planner a planner account called charm and thoughts and you know starting from scratch I actually got to a fairly decent following and then the algorithm kicked in and and yeah now it's just stagnant but I love it I love it. I love paper. Um, I have maybe more planners than I need, and <laughs> I'll still forget things. And my husband will be like, "But don't you spend all day planning?" I do. I do, and I still forget. So,
0: <laughs> what? Is, what? A, what part of? Because like the the strategy that's worked for me is. I guess what they call memory planning. So I write in my planner at the end of the day like what strategy works for you? Like what is I guess fun about it and like how do you stay consistent? It's e-
1: it's it's easy to stay consistent if you have a designated area to write everything. So I have a desk downstairs in my library with all of my planners and my stationery and I'll leave my planners open. So that way it's easy for me first thing in the morning, wake up, grab my coffee, walk to my desk, flip through my planner to see what, what I have written down. I like to plan right before bedtime and I'll jot down my important tasks for the next day, picking up medication going to the grocery store You know, my son and I are in karate, so I have to take our geese to the dry cleaner. So got to write that down, when to drop them off, when to pick them up. And then, yeah, that's what makes it easy. Planning right before I go to bed, my top three important tasks for the next day. Wake up in the morning, grab coffee, walk to my desk. What do I got to do? Okay. Um, Where I forget things is when I forget to write it down. Mm, and then that's when my husband's like don't you have all the?" I do but if I forget to write it down I'll forget to do it and same thing with um when I do go grocery shopping I always make a list and then my husband's like oh you didn't get me what I needed I was like oh because you told me at the last minute and I Mm -hmm. forgot to write it down (laughs) like I'll be walking out the door and he's like oh don't forget my coffee whatever or his red bull he loves red bull he's like don't forget my red bull okay okay but i'm like walking to the car i'm getting into the car i forgot to write it down oops you forgot i didn't get your red bull because i didn't write it down (laughs) (laughs) so i write everything down and if i don't i actually wrote this podcast interview down i was like oh as soon as you told me the day and time like i better write that down or i'm gonna forget
0: (laughs) (laughs) so do you have any like favorite um accessories or any shops that you are like if you're into it look these guys up.
1: Uh Little Inkling's Design, she has that mm-hmm. oh they're all sold out, but definitely be on the lookout for her reading planners. Um she starts releasing them at the end of the month. I want to say November or at the end of the year. November December and then or maybe it's October November because then you get them in December in time, right before. Yeah. Yes. So she's great. You know, honestly, I don't shop in small bookish stores like I used to. That was something I did very heavily when I first started in 2015, and there's one thing I learned is you don't you don't need all of that. You really don't. But yeah. I do love that planner cuz it's actually useful, and I love um Hello Lovely Box. Oh um, yeah. Yes, they're great. I love their, their T-shirts, um, and I love their trope of the month because I don't like to do subscription boxes any longer. I realized I used to have Fairyloot. I used to have Owlcrate. Um, I did
0: Owlcrate too. Oh, my yes. gosh.
1: <laughs> and I'll tell you right now, and I subscribed to both of them for years, all that stuff I got in the boxes, I no longer have. I don't. Thanks, Unless it... Yeah. Unless it was, like, a really cool fan art print or something. Other than that, like, the erasers or, I don't know, like, all that knick-knack stuff, I, I don't have. It's gone. And so I love Hello Lovely's Trope of the Month because it's just a book. Just a book. Just the book. That's Yeah, that's
0: what we want. We just want the book. Yes.
1: <laughs> I just want the book because all the extras, I'll be honest, it's wasteful. So And that's why Book of the Month, too, is another good one because – you just get the book. That's all I want. I just want the book. And then you, you get the special editions too. I know with Hello Lovely, they did a special edition for um, a Jay Daniels book. It's super cute. Um, and that's, all, yeah, that's all I want. I just want the book now.
0: So, so we're recording this on a Saturday. What are you reading this weekend?
1: I have to, I have a book club called everlasting romance we are strictly a romance reading book club so i need to finish reading yours truly by abby jimenez because our discussion is next sunday and i just started the book so that's what i'm reading and hopefully i can finish in a few days so because i'm the host of the discussion
0: (laughs) i can't wait to hear like find out i hope you post about it like what your thoughts are because i've been like back and forth like i want to buy the book but like you i've been like spending less on books this year so I'm like yes I need somebody to tell me (laughs) like it was really great and then I'll be like oh okay okay Samantha said it's good I'll go to the bookstore and get it (laughs) yes so I'll let
1: you know in a few days I've been hearing it's a good one and I'll let you know for sure in a few days
0: okay so lastly tell everybody where they can keep up with you online
1: right now I just have my one Instagram account at um everlasting dot bookworm that's where i am always at and where you oh and my book club everlasting dot romance i'm always there and if you join the book club you can join our discord and i'm always talking on there too
0: well thank you so much i'll have to where you. everybody can keep up with you online all your dark romance adventures
1: <laughs> thank you so much for having me this was so fun